tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. This news night here on Joy 99.7 FM. In the next 60 minutes, Deputy Defense Minister reviews the threat of terrorism and piracy in the Gulf of Guinea is real, as he says West African countries, including Ghana, are collaborating to deal with the menace. And so, yes, on see the threat of terrorism is real. But when you have this um, collaborative effort from all the agencies and ministries, it is better dealt with. We'll get to hear from President Akufuado, who is tasking maritime security chiefs who are meeting here in Accra to take action to deal with terrorist groups moving from the Sahel to the Gulf of Guinea. Maritime security stakeholders must take charge of this domain in order to deny access to terrorist groups drifting southwards from the Sahel region towards the Gulf of Guinea. Also tonight, all you need is the land and all other inputs will be provided. That's government's new approach to the second phase of the Planting for Food and Jobs program with a new strategy moving from smallholders to commercial farming in a bid to address potential food security issues. The farmers have been feeding this country since time immemorial. But we realize that with the increasing population, if you still go on that tangent, the time will come not, not too far that we will hit with serious food strategies in this country. But experts are questioning government's commitment to the initiative. How committed are they with regards to making the right financial credits available? We have a lot of government agencies uh, implementing agriculture sector projects. Are we able to harmonize them so that uh, there are no wastages, there are no corruption? We'll take you to Tamale, where chiefs there are demanding for the unconditional release of the 13 residents who were arrested by the police following Monday's riots at the Tamale District Court 1. We requested that the 13 people who were arrested and placed in custody should be immediately and unconditionally released from captivity. Then their motorbikes released to them. Business Ghana said for the first IMF program review in the last week of next month. 
and in sports, Ghana Football Association's presidential election in limbo as the court readies to hear Ken Faisal's injunction application tomorrow. But former FA president Yahoo Tamaklo wants the Kumasi-based club to abandon the exercise. We'll tell you why. And we'll also focus on the second part of our Forest Under Siege series where there are questions being raised about why the World Bank is funding the reclamation of lands devastated by illegal miners at the expense of the ordinary taxpayer. Business persons, they've gone into our forest reserves, mined it for gold, traded it, kept the profit for themselves. And the public is going to pay for a loan that is now going to be used to reclaim the mess of some businesses. It's not fair. That's coming up in our Say No to Galamse campaign. You ought to stay for details of that and more here on Newsnight. There's more also on myjoyonline.com. We are live on X Spaces. We are on Facebook. I am MFA Apau. Please do join us with your comments as well. WhatsApp 55 This is your home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. We start off on a security note tonight and the Deputy Defence Minister Kofi Amankwamenu has revealed the threat of terrorism and piracy in the Gulf of Guinea is very real. As he says, West African countries, including Ghana, are collaborating to deal with the menace on the sea. We'll be hearing from him shortly, but first, President Akufado has taxed maritime chiefs from Africa who were meeting here in Accra to take action to deal with terrorist groups moving from the Held to the Gulf of Guinea. Well, at the 2023 International Maritime Defense and Exhibition Conference, he said Ghana has not recorded any issue of piracy or armed robbery in its maritime domain since 2022. He, however, says more investments are being made to boost the capacity of the Ghana Navy. My colleague Maxwell Agbagba on our security desk was at the Bema camp where the conference is actually taking place. He joins me in studio. Maxwell, first, uh, tell us what the International Maritime Defense and Exhibition Conference is all about. Well, I'm afraid it's the third time um, this conference is happening here in Ghana, and it's in two parts. So there's a conference where um, the experts we are talking about gather to share ideas on the ways of dealing and quelling uh, maritime security um, threats. And then there's also the expert which deals with exhibition, which talks uh, where uh, the best defense suppliers in the world uh, gather to showcase the latest, most innovative and cutting-edge technologies that we can use um, in the maritime um, domain. So that's what's happening. The first part is the conference, and then the second part is the um, is the exhibition. And if you go to the Bema camp right now, um, as at the time that we're coming to the studio, the conference was still underway, and we have um, chiefs of naval staff from different countries all across Africa who are all gathered here um, in Accra discussing how to um, secure our maritime domain and also deal with the threats um, there. And our president, Okufado, had a charge for the security mm. chiefs of gathered at Burma camp. What yeah. exactly is it? Well, he's concerned about how um, terrorism is spilling from the Sahel um, to West African coastal states. And he says that Ghana um, is at risk and he's tasking them um, to deal with the situation that we face currently. I commend the ex excellent collaborative efforts between the navies in the region, our international partners and stakeholders for the considerable reduction in maritime crimes, especially piracy. I believe the maritime security agencies attending this program will engage the same spirit of collaboration in the conference deliberations to tackle the high cases of psycho and illegal, unregulated, and unreported fishing in this region. It is important to indicate that IUU fishing, for instance, is linked to piracy, human trafficking, and illicit drug and weapon smuggling. I thus urge the maritime law enforcers to consider using technology to break the vital link between these crimes and criminal syndicates. Ladies and gentlemen, Technology has become a vital tool in our quest to sustain a safe and secure maritime domain. The critical challenge is that perpetrators of maritime crimes use sophisticated forms of technology which require a more innovative counter-advanced technology that gives enforcers a comparative advantage. 
Maritime security stakeholders must take charge of this domain in order to deny access to terrorist groups drifting southwards from the Sahel region towards the Gulf of Guinea. I must stress the need for multifaceted technological approach to deny unauthorized use of the underwater surface and above water resources by criminals and economic saboteurs. Well, so that's uh, President Akufado there. Mm. He went on then to launch the National Integrated Maritime Strategy. Yes. Let's talk about the main objectives of this policy. So um, the main objectives, he has six main strategic objectives. Um, one is to strengthen the framework um, for maritime governance. And then two, also ensuring the safety and security of Ghana's maritime domain. Um, three, develop a thriving blue economy. Mm. And then four, protect the marine and coastal environment. Um, five, promote capacity building, research awareness, and knowledge sharing in the maritime domain. Okay. And then the last one is to develop dynamic and diversified um, regional collaborations. And then there's a vision. Um, they're saying that the vision by 2024 is for Ghana's maritime space um, will be safe and secure with thriving blue economy sectors that create social benefits with enjoyed impact on the livelihoods okay. of every Ghanaian, contributing more than twice their current percentage to GDP growth. Okay. Mm. Well, we'll get more details on this from the Director of Policy at the Ministry of National Security, yeah. who thankfully has joined us on the phone. But you got to interact with the Deputy mm. Defence Minister, Kofia Mankwamenu, yeah. about the real threats of terrorism. Let's talk yeah. about it. You know, a lot of security experts have raised concerns about the spillover of terrorism, mm. um, you know, from... Sahel, you know, down to West African coastal states. Um, it is interesting to know that the defense minister is saying that that threat does not only exist inland, mm. but also um, on the ocean also, that threat is real. And um, he's excited that Gulf of Guinea countries are collaborating effectively um, to quell um, that threat that is emerging. And so it's very important that we look at the security of our water bodies. So you have the Ministry of Transport, you have fisheries, you have defense, you have national security, and other agencies coming together with assistance from other peace-loving countries like Norway, uh, Spain, and all that coming together to help us to put together a document, a document to protect our water bodies and to protect, you know, the Gulf of Guinea, which is very important. Because without that, we can never benefit from the sea. We know how much we, we, we get as a nation from doing business on the sea. For instance, fisheries. I mean, it's one um, um, big area that we can look at in terms of making some, uh, bringing in revenue for, for the country. But in all this, we can only benefit from all this if we are able to have peace you know, in the Gulf of Guinea. And so it's important that all these uh, uh, agencies and ministries will come together, put a document together to make sure that uh, do that and, 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 and you know, from a singing from the same page of a hymn book, especially the Methodist hymn book, hymn book one, yes, which is important so that we can work collectively and then uh, raking the benefit that, as a nation, we are supposed to. Um, the president has been tasking uh, maritime chiefs here to take action to deal with the threat of terrorism that is spilling down from the Sahel um, to West African coastal states. We know that on land, the threat exists, and a lot of resources have been pumped to, um, to deal with that. On sea also, how real are these threats? So on sea also, the threat is very real because we have a lot of pirates on the Gulf of Guinea. But thank God, uh, all the countries uh, along the Gulf of Guinea are now collaborating efficiently and effectively to deal with this issue. I mean, it is the more reason why we have a document with the Minister for Transport in his um, uh, speech. He, he alluded to the fact that we have all these uh, uh, chiefs of uh, the various navies of countries, you know, who also benefit from the Gulf of Guinea here present, which of course is very important. This in a way is to help 
deal with the issue of piracy. Piracy, of course, it's, you know, people do that for criminal adventures and, and all manner of negative stuff. And so this thing is it's, it's in a way to nip these activities in the bar to make sure that as a nation we're wreaking the benefit of, of, of. And so, yes, we see the threat of terrorism is real. But when you have this um, collaborative effort from all the agencies and ministries, it is better dealt with. That's the Deputy Defence Minister, Kofi Amankwamenu. Like I said, thankfully, uh, we have the company of Dr. Osei Bonsu Dixon. He's the Director of Policy at the Ministry of National Security. Thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Newsnight. So let's get a better understanding of this National Integrated Maritime Strategy. How will we explain this to the layperson? Okay, so thank you very much, Emifa. So I would want to um, load the some of the things that the deputy minister has rightly mentioned. I mean, he talks, for example, about the need to curb certain um, developments that are occurring at sea, sea criminality, that are of a national security risk to our country. And there's a number of givens that I'd want to quickly point out because of the positive time that we have. And the names is to be characterized like the nature of a map to give us where our maritime um, sector is actually headed. And I think that it is headed in the right direction now. And uh, there are a number of things that one can think about. First, about um, economic development. Um, I think also we can think about also issues to do with sustainable resource management. We can also think of enhanced national security, like the deputy minister was talking about, as well as enhanced defense of our ocean space. Mm. We can also think about improved environmental protection. And then I think maybe um, last but not the least, we can think about better infrastructure development. Mm. Now, for example, I mean, if you take the ocean itself, so the ocean has been uh, commodified and it has also been um, valued at about $24 trillion. What is the Ghanaian share of that amount? So that is the issue that the name seeks to do in terms of blue economy or economic growth. We can get from the ocean space alone over $2 billion. I mean, ab initio, if it is an area that we invest deeply in. And here, we're talking about so many things that we can do. One, apart from fishing, uh, shipping is another. The other has to do with rightly oil and gas issues that we are involved in. Yeah, you can talk about coastal tourism. You can talk about undersea drilling. You can talk about deep sea drilling. Those kinds of activities. Water desalination. You can talk about renewable energies. We're looking at water from a coastal boat powering the. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? 
la emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Ghana, but the water from the sea is always available to us. As a renewable, it doesn't get finished. And that is an area that we can start drawing our energy sources from. We are gifted more than landed nations are. So, um, landlocked nations are. And so these are areas that blue economy drivers are turning their attention to all over the world. This is where the world is projected to. Mm. I talked about uh, sustainable resource development. Now, if you open your eyes wide to see the vast amount of resources that the ocean has, from hydrocarbons to minerals to fish stock to whatever you want to talk about on land you haven't seen. Mm. Then you would realize that we have to start thinking about sustainable resource management. Otherwise, you begin to have a, a eagle on sea. And then also, we talk, um, I've talked about um, national security and defense matters. You see the defense minister talk about increased criminality at sea. It's not only Ghana. Africa is confronted with deep criminality at sea. And the, the better we get our acts together to confront this menace, you know, and Ghana is doing its part. Our president is a, a chair of the Gulf of Guinea Commission. We are part of Zone F. We are strong in this area. We are partnering with the right people. And yet the struggle against this criminality is getting picked. So it's something that we need to really knock it down. And I think that, I mean, the names provide a roadmap to do that. Then you might have to also consider issues about infrastructure development all over the world. The seascape, the landscape around the sea, and then also um, the coastal districts around Busi is the most expensive that you can get. Now come to our country. I think that in the, uh, for posterity as well as for those of us today, we must begin to start looking at the sea and the valuations of land around it and the development that go because of sea tourism, oceanic activity that can help us and, and so on and so forth. Mm. So the, the names is more than a security document. It's an investment tool in the hands of the private sector to leverage to look at where the country is headed and to be able to start wooing. And the financial institutions in this country must look at their names from a different angle. They are financiers. Those of us in the area of security look at it in the area of national security, defense, creating a stronger nation and a better defense system for the whole air, land and sea. Well, and I see, I see the, the passion in talking about this, but really clarify for us, because I see that this, is, this strategy document is actually targeted at the maritime industry. But one wonders how different this would then be from the national security strategy document that we have. Does it not okay. deal with these areas as well? Okay, so you have to see the national security strategy, the NSS, as an overarching document mm. that has been crafted um, in terms of its overview of security. It talks about cyber security, maritime security as emerging threat, talks about border security, it deals with the issues of the labor security matters, and so on and so forth. This is a thematic document that looks at the um, the maritime space. Okay. And in that particular space, there are a broad number of givens that, and I'm happy that one of your, your presenters made mention that, for example, if you look at the first one, you have to look at the framework for maritime governance. That is our objective number one. So the, the, the governance framework around maritime, so that we don't only look at maritime security, but, but look at how we can transform maritime into a better economic developer and indicator of our development. Let me give you an example. The United States. So the United States takes 1.7 in 2002, 2020, sorry, 2020, 1.7% of its GDP came from the sea. Okay. That is about 350 billion. The European Union's figure is 500 billion. What is the figure for Ghana? I, I keep asking. So this is where this document has come. It is an economic document. It's a security document. It's a, regu- it's a document to look at how we regulate, deal with other partners, 
in our national interest, okay. as well as on the broader interest of the Gulf of Guinea. Okay. Well, we are grateful, uh, Dr. Osebo and Sudixin. Definitely a platform will be provided for us to talk further about this uh, particular integrated maritime strategy okay. right after the conference. Uh, we are grateful uh, for your time. He is um, the Director of Policy at the Ministry of National Security. And my colleague, Maxwell Abogba, is monitoring that particular conference for us and will bring us more. We'll stay a while longer on issues relating to security and chiefs in Tamale are fervently demanding the immediate and unconditional release of the 13 residents who are apprehended by the police and subsequently remanded by the court in connection with the recent disturbances at the Tamale District Court. The turmoil erupted when a group of local residents converged at the court premises, pelting it with stones and triggering clashes between the police and the agitated crowd. The incident revolved around the pursuit of justice against an alleged drug peddler, uh, causing harm to the youth in the community. But both the police and the chiefs met earlier today. And my colleague, Martina Bugri, joins us uh, with details from that meeting. Martina, uh, what are we learning? What really was the outcome, you would say? Now, um, this evening, when I passed by the, the Gupenas Palace, I realized people were gathering. As to why they are gathering, we don't know yet. I was at the police command, uh, the regional police command, and uh, they are still in a meeting. And so it's very difficult to get information on the security they are putting in place to avert any possible routing. Mm-hmm. Um, as we speak now, we're told RESPEC had a meeting this morning. Since from that source too, all has proven futile so far. Well, we know that um, earlier also there were calls by the chiefs for the release of these 13 persons who were arrested. Yes, so um, they called for the release of the people and they gave an ultimatum at 2 o'clock that if they are not released, they would hear from them. I don't know if that's the reason why people are gathering at the chief's palace to get information. We don't know for that yet, but we know that they had given the police uh, security council an ultimatum of 2 p.m. to release um, those they had asked. gave us the, 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 the uh, message from the IGP. And actually, the chief did not miss words. They told the police administration that firing of weapon is not what we were against, but the firing of live ammunition. That they could have used tear gas, they could have used the water cannon, but why live ammunition? So, Martina, by this, though, is it the case that the chiefs are condoning the act of these 13 persons uh, that were arrested? We know they've also been talking about the rifle that was confiscated. I didn't get the, the question. I, I'm asking that by this, the chiefs asking for the release of the 13 persons, are they condoning their act? And um, they said that they would recover the, the rifle that was taken and any other uh, thing that belongs to the police officer that was taken, they would recover it and hand it over to the police. And they also expect that the police uh, release the people. They believe that um, if the police had handled the issue much uh, professionally, they wouldn't have had the results that happened. Okay. But you've been also checking on the injured. What's their status? Yes, for those who were at the Kamala Teaching Hospital, I'm told they are responding to treatment and admitted at the Tamale original hospital who was operated upon was discharged this morning. But uh, like I said earlier, time I went there. And so when he was discharged, the police pick him as well. It was uh, a bullet embedded in the chest wall, just uh, on the left side below the nipple. Uh, that we had to take him to theater and remove. Uh, subsequently, he's been stable, and uh, this morning he was discharged. Okay, he's been discharged. Said he's been discharged and handed over to the police. The yeah. wound left. How is that going to be taken care of? 
Well, I mean, daily dressing should suffice. He's also on antibiotics, of course, and painkillers. Daily dressing. We changed the dressing this morning before we disturbed him. So we're expecting that tomorrow he will come for the dressing. So that's my colleague Martina Bugui there interacting with doctors who've been taking care of the injured in this particular case. We've been hearing from Jusak also condemning the attacks on the court. But get a farmland and all other inputs will be provided. That's a government's new approach to the planting for food and jobs program with a new strategy to moving from smallholders to commercial farming in a bid to address potential food security. President Akufado yesterday launched phase two of the program targeted at building on the successes achieved. The the new direction comes with a five-year master plan for the transformation of agriculture in Ghana with a focus on modernization through the development of a selected commodity value chain and active private sector participation. We can hear from the Deputy Food and Agriculture Minister, Yao Frimpon Ado, elaborating on the incentives under the new program. Farming. The, the farmers have been feeding this country first time in memorial. But realize that with the increasing population, if you still go on that tangent, the time will come not, not too far, that we will be hit with serious food strategies in this country. The emphasis is now shifting a little bit from the smallholder farmers to commercial agriculture. And what it means is that although we are not doing away with the smallholder farmers, what, we are, what is going to happen, we are going to become outgrowers to the big farmers, to the aggregator system. Once that is done so effectively, the input subsidy that used to be the case mm. is now going to be uh, turned into input credit. So as my minister has been saying, all you need is your land. All the input that you require to become a farmer mm. will be given to you through the aggregator system. Mm. So once this is done, you, you, you can be sure that naturally all the inputs are given at the correct time, the, the aggregators are well equipped, they are linked to financial institutions, and we have all these things sorted out. What will happen is that there is going to be good, mm. good habits. Well, but will that help the country achieve food sufficiency and export? Chairman of the Competitive African Rice Platform, Yao Edupoku, says government must walk the talk. Rice is not just like planting maize or soy. You need a lot of uh, input, which is not readily available. And so it becomes a very uh, difficult job. Those things are what we need the intervention. We eat in excess of 1.4, 1.5 million metric tons of milk rice. The land and the people are ready. We don't have the equipment to make it flow. So if we are launching the PFG2, this is where I will humbly plead with the minister to look at. Fortunately, he doesn't have to go looking for Mr. Jumozu is there, all of us do is there. And he understands the soil, he understands the problem. Well, agribusiness consultant also Ibrahim Odum wants bureaucracy and corruption issues addressed in the second phase of the planting for food and jobs program. Uh, the economic intelligence unit has been telling us. Uh, I think that we need to focus more on the um, incremental budgetary allocation for the agriculture sector. Uh, if your uh, food importation bill is in 11 point something billion dollars annually and your investment into the sector is less than 1.5 billion, uh, then I don't think we are doing the industry any service. Secondly, uh, this PFJ2 is not also supporting youth involvement. Having seen a very strong um, pillar focusing on how we can uh, increase youth involvement, knowing that uh, we do have uh, an overage population of farmers in the sector. That's uh, Mr. Odum there. He's an agribusiness consultant. Well, in 2018, you recall that government started the implementation of the one district, one warehouse to solve problems of post-harvest losses in Ghana. So while some warehouses have been operationalized, the warehouse in Kasina Nankana West District, for instance, in the Upper East Region, remains closed. Our features editor, Jojo Kums, Jojo Kobna, uh, joins me in studio uh, with details of what we've been finding out as a feature coming up on this particular situation. Jojo, tell us more. 
Well, I mean, if you remember very well, in 2019, there was this rice glut and when farmers were even losing their rice because of bush burning and all that. And so it, it was like a timely intervention, a very timely policy that would actually help where farmers can easily take their, I mean, produce into the warehouses and then they can subsequently sell them later. If you remember that period, they were selling three bags for the price of, of, of two. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so farmers were complaining and, you know, government said, well, we have we have the policy, the right policy to actually make it work. Unfortunately, some some of the warehouses are working. Others have been completed, mm-hmm. not fully completed and have been abandoned. I mean, the Kastanan and Canal West, for example, that particular one, the work ended in 2020 and they never went back mm-hmm. to, to complete it. And guess what? Someone is raising poetry in in the warehouse. In the warehouse, yes. You don't want to miss this. The construction of warehouses under the infrastructure for poverty eradication program will be a major booster in our efforts to guarantee food security and the transformation of the agricultural sector. Well, behind me is the one district one warehouse in the Kastan Ankana area. Brilliant idea for farmers to actually farm and then when they have excess, they bring it here for storage and then later it's released onto the market. Brilliant. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Idea. But, but, let's go in and find out what it's serving as purpose. The government has not put the warehouse to use. So the security man there has started rearing chicken in the warehouse. One district, one warehouse is a very coherent policy to help farmers store their harvest and reduce post-harvest losses. It complements the planting for food and jobs program. Of course, the people of Kastanan and Kna West were excited about this project because it would help them store excess rice, which usually sells at three bags for the price of two in times of bumper harvest. Bumper harvest this season with no ready markets forced the rice farmers earlier this week to sell some of their grains at three bags for the price of two. I've sold more than about 1,000 bags. The 1,000 bags have gone. I've got only about 100 bags money. Well, farmers like Isaac Pabia looked forward to the completion and operationalization of the warehouse. Unfortunately, workers stored for nearly three years. Pabia says he has been to a district agricultural office for answers, but was told the project is under the special development initiative. The last time I followed up with the Department of Agric, uh, they couldn't give me much information about it. The reason being that the project was under the Ministry of Presidential uh, Special Initiative, which is no more. So they, they find it difficult access information to share with us. But we've been there to find out what is going on. And the contractor is not on site. This project is under the Infrastructure for Poverty Eradication Program, IPEP. Unfortunately, the contractor has not been fully paid. So he has not handed over the project for use. Well, the full documentary will be airing shortly. Uh, one district, one warehouse project. The status of it, this one is focusing on the one at the Kasina Nankana district in the upper uh, east region. And Jojo Kobina uh, and the team are working tirelessly on this particular issue. But it's time for business here on Newsnight. George Riafi is here. Hello, George. Well, let me know, we are likely to have our first IMF program review in the last week of next month as the Washington-based lender gives strong indications of some disbursement to happen before the close of this year. And banks push for freezing participation 
in the cocoa bills that exchange program over delays in securing regulatory release. The business news on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business, Kingdom Books and Stationery and Syntax Tanks, as well as Pepsodent, Chaco and Herbal. My man, I heard there's a new app on the streets that does it all for you. Ah, really? <laughs> How is that possible? Charlie, I also could not believe you too. But I downloaded the app and I'm telling you, I was able to chat with my friends, make video calls and... Well, we know of many apps that can do that. Oh, let me finish la. I was also able to listen to the latest songs, play games and read the latest post news. <laughs> for you? Yeah. And I can send and receive money from the app. <laughs> Amazing, no? What's the name of this app? It's called Ayoba. Ayoba. Yeah, Ayoba. Get Ayoba. Your all-in-one app that lets you chat, call, share, play, pay, and listen to music all in one app for everyone. Enjoy Ayoba with MTN and download the Ayoba app today. Everywhere you go. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD campus, UCC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 764209 or 762792 visit our website www.kingdomgh.com Sintex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana and now introduces the customer specs order which will let you order any color and size you want. Sintex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of 7 years which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, choose Sintex Tank. Sintex Tank, stress-free. Sintex Tank, reliable. Sintex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168, Kumasi 0505-555-666 or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a year strong, a year tough. you welcome back to business on Newsnight. now ghana is likely to have its first review under the imf program in the last week of september this year now this is the date the joy business has picked up from persons with knowledge of this review there is more in this report the IMF team should be in town in the last week of next month to carry out this first review. This review will be very important because it will lead to the release of the second tranche of the IMF cash to Ghana before the end of this year. 
the country passing vest test will also trigger the release of fresh funding from the country's development partners like the World Bank and the African Development Bank. These funds coming in before the end of this year may go a long way to increase the Bank of Ghana's reserve. This will also go a long way to help in stabilizing the Ghana city. Meanwhile, the IMF in its latest update on the program maintained that Ghana will be able to restore investor confidence and debt sustainability if it's able to complete its debt restructuring program. On the recent financing of government operation for last year, the IMF maintained that the country was caught between providing crucial financing to enable government meet its obligation or a very disruptive and more abrupt crisis. And that is the business deck report. Now, meanwhile, Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam, says Ghana has met all those key indicators that will help it pass this review. Yeah, for the first review next month, I, I think that we have a number of uh, uh, conditions we have to, to, to meet to be successful at the review. Uh, they include, I think, six uh, quantitative uh, performance mm. uh, criteria. And uh, some of them include uh, zero uh, Bank of Ghana uh, financing of the, of the central government. And as you know, that central government has stopped financing uh, the, the government. Mm. Uh, the other one is the uh, non-accumulation of uh, external debt payment arrears. Mm -hmm and that we are also very successful with that and then also uh, zero uh, collateralized uh, uh, borrowing mm. you know so there are about six of them and i cannot tell you that we are on, on course we are meeting all those uh, uh, performance criteria minister of state at the ministry of finance dr muhammad amin adam now commercial banks are pushing for their participation in the cocoa bills debt exchange program to be put on hold at least for now now this follows concerns over delays in securing regulatory reliefs to support their operations details in this following business tax report commercial banks are making a strong case to be granted the same reliefs secured during the first round of the domestic debt exchange program this is because there was some gentleman's deal reached that forced many of them to participate in the exchange program particularly the cocoa bills joy business is learning that because some of the banks are holding significant cocoa assets on their books they need the reliefs in order to stay in business sources say there has been some formal communication to cocoa board that their request to participate in the debt exchange program should be put on hold this should mean that bills that was tendered for the exchange of new bonds should not be added for now when it comes to the settlements it is not clear for now what this move by commercial banks will mean in terms of the success of the offer this is because managers of the offer are looking forward to the settlements being carried out on thursday and that is a business dex report now the chamber of petroleum consumers are linking the drop in product purchase to current economic challenges is coming out fresh industry data showed that consumption of petroleum products has dropped by four percent for the first five months of this year duncan amwa is the executive secretary of the chamber Think about petroleum to do with the demand and supply purely uh, as a result of uh, what you will call economic activity. I mean, what the public is asking for, what is supplied. In the case of Ghana, supply is not uh, inconvenience or challenge. Uh, it is the issue of demand, how much the public is taking. Uh, what you saw in that report is a reflection starkly uh, of economic uh, activities within countries. Once you have a situation where there's quite a lot uh, of decline in economic activity where uh, we were expecting the economy to grow by some 4%, ended up with 1.3%, uh, then you also have uh, you know, some decline in economic activity, uh, even with industry. Clearly, uh, demand would not be as buoyant as you saw uh, the preceding year. So simply, uh, people are not doing as much as they did last year as far as petroleum consumption is concerned. So clearly, these numbers will reflect downward. Duncan Amwa is the Executive Secretary of the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers talking about the drop in consumption for petroleum products by 4% for the first half of this year. To the stock market, if you're a shareholder in God, was down by Pesua to close at one Ghana City, 57 Pesos. Now, that of Benso Oil Palm Plantation was up by one Ghana City, 
54 pesos to close uh, 16 Ghana cities, 94 pesos. And that's all uh, for business on Newsnight. Back to you. Thank you very much, George, with the latest from the world of business. Now, we'll turn our attention to our Say No to Galamse uh, campaign uh, this evening. But uh, before then, though, uh, we'll be doing sports. But let me uh, take you on our Say No to Galamse campaign. We have the third part or the second part of our series, Forest Under Siege. An environmental conservation um, organization, Arocha Ghana, is questioning why institutions like the World Bank will continue to fund the reclamation of lands devastated by illegal miners at the expense of the ordinary taxpayer. Joy News checks indicate more destruction of forests in 2022 and 2023, though the country has secured $103 million from the World Bank to reclaim lands destroyed by illegal miners. Arocha Ghana describes as unfair how the Ghanaian whose land and water have been polluted is made to pay for the continuous destruction of the nation's resources. Deputy National Director of the organization Daryl Bosu spoke to Erastus Asari Donko in his upcoming document Documentary Forests Under Siege. Think of Ghana's forest as a pair of lungs or kidneys cleaning our air and water, regulating rainfall, sunshine, and serving as a buffer against natural disasters. The country's kidneys and lungs are currently being attacked and perforated at a faster rate by illegal mining. Global Forest Watch data indicates that between 2001 and 2021, trees sitting on 1.41 million hectares of land were destroyed across Ghana. The destruction of tree cover is equivalent to about half the size of the entire Ashanti region, which is about 2.4 million hectares. Indeed, this is the largest. In fact, I don't even know how to start and how to end. I'm even shocked seeing the ground like this. The largest, the largest so far. Forests degraded, water sources polluted, and the attendant change in climatic conditions have affected farming. It is the forest that gives farmers in this area rain to farm. But now, if God doesn't intervene, we will not have the rains to grow our crops. Many of these farmers have had their source of livelihood destroyed by the mining of this forest. But their taxes will pay for the $103 million contracted to reclaim the devastation. Environmental conservation organization Arocha Ghana has a problem with that. Sometimes I ask myself, why does even the World Bank even support such initiatives or push those initiatives before us? Daryl Bosu is deputy national director. Business persons have been given concessions. They've gone into our forest reserves, into our landscape, mined it for gold, traded it, kept the profit for themselves. And the public is going to pay for a loan that is now going to be used to reclaim the mess of some businesses. It's not fair. And there's no way anyone, and even the World Bank, should support such an initiative. Reporting for Joy News, Erastus Asaredonko, Kumase. And that's Forest Under Siege and the hashtag is no to Galamse. And we have some of your messages and this one says a bag of maize currently is costing about 1,000 Ghana cities compared to former President Mahama Zera when the same bag of maize was costing 170 Ghana cities. Kofi Seydou says uh, this planting for food and jobs is just a mere slogan. Uh, that's um, Kofi Seydou's reaction to that. And this one says um, it's a message asking us to tell Kwesi Ofusu in Idrisu said tell Ekufado's government that NAP trainees are waiting for them they should come and break the eight and let's see they are still uh, holding on to our eight months allowance that's the napco uh, trainees there and then also this one uh, talks about the planting for food and jobs another planting for food and jobs what did the first one achieve to warrant a phase two our secondary school students do not have food to eat another election is around the corner Ghanaians must wise up Charles in Legon sends that one in and this one also is talking about our earlier story on Tamale Sami. Uh, 
And Kumasi says, why is, the chief, why is the chief calling for the unconditional release of those arrested? If the actions were against the law, they should be made to face the full rigor of the law squarely, but not a chief pleading on their behalf for their misbehavior uh, to die naturally. That's um, Sami's message. And this one... Um, also talks Musa in Musa Abatwa in Aswasi says all what Kofadu enumerated to deal with uh, maritime threat is good but whether he will back his talk with action is another concern because he has a track record of failing to adhere to his statement and policy he asked the hashtag news night and this one also talks about Okay, this is from Kofi Kutuka in Angloga, um, Lashibi in the Volta region. And he says, so did NPP, okay, whoever, okay, all right. So I'm not really getting that one, Kofi Kutuka. But some of your messages that you've sent in, let's do sports. Musbao, what do we have? Yes, well, in fact, the Ghana Football Association's September 27 mm. presidential elections is in limbo. Mm. And this is because of an injunction application by Kumasi based Ken Faisal, which is due to be heard tomorrow in Accra. Now, Ken Faisal argues that a legitimate Congress cannot convene to elect the GFA president until the new members of the executive committee have been duly elected. Hence, he won the election of representatives from the National League clubs, regional football associations and other constituent bodies to be carried out before the presidential elections. However, former Ghana Football Association president and board member of Accra Heart of Folk, uh, Dr. Nyaho Nyaho Tamaklo, wants Ken Faisal to abandon this action and this is why. Why on earth will he come out now and talk about it? And also, as you put it right, the FA has its own, uh, what do you call Structures. it? Structure. Where you have um, a committee that looks into such, such things. Yeah. So I would suggest he goes there first. Unless he wants to destroy the whole football process. Yeah, it's the election process that he's fighting. Exactly. So that the election process yeah. is flawed. So. And, and that one... That, that that would be unfair. I think I'll call him and tell him. He should try and drag this out of court. I'll call him. Thank so that's uh, Dr. Nyaho, Nyaho Tamaklo there asking. Just clarity though. Yeah. So what then happens um, if the court upholds the injunction tomorrow? So, yes. Yeah. So what that means is that the presidential elections mm -hmm. will come off later. Okay. And first of all, election of the uh, regional football association election of the executive council members will have to take place before the presidential elections but based on the timeline of the association mm -hmm. the presidential elections is going to happen first mm -hmm. and elijah gruza is arguing that based on the status of the gfa it, can happen it cannot happen first so tomorrow in court we'll see what uh, the court will say but the ghana football association themselves because of this matter have now put on hold all you know, activities relative to the election scheduled for September 27 uh, later this year. Well, let's get to Cameroon now. And of course, you know Manchester United's goalkeeper, Andre Onana. Well, he was with the team, the Cameroon national team, uh, at the World Cup in Qatar and due to some misconduct, was sacked from camp and subsequently resigned from the national team. Mm -hmm. Well, the national team have now recalled him and we have the full story in this report. This is after a dispute with the Ndobi Table Lions coach, Regobet Song, at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar last December. Onana has not featured for Cameroon since then. The misunderstanding was reportedly over the former Ajax goalkeeper's style of play as he prefers to step out of his line and get involved in the build-up play while Song wanted him to do otherwise. The 27-year-old then went on to announce his retirement from international football. However, Rogobert Song named Onana in his squad on Tuesday for the Burundi Afcon qualifier set to be played on September 12th in Garua. Yeah, wow. so that's that's the report there, and Onana is returning to the side, you know, and he has agreed that he's going to return, and uh, we it wait doesn't to see matter the level of misconduct. Yeah. Sure they, they, for they possibly you. iron the things out, you know. Really? Yeah, what because someone led to him. Yeah, someone led to him. Okay, if you're not playing for Man United, then maybe then you, you can misconduct you, yourself. You can misconduct yourself. <laughs> well, that's it for sports, and it's brought to you by Pepsi and Herbo and Chaco Pepsi. Every, Every smile matters. matters. Thank you very much, Musbao. We'll catch you on TV shortly, but uh, let's focus on our.
now, Stories of Hope, and we'll take you to the vibrant streets of Accra, where two friends turned adversity into triumph, transforming their passions into thriving businesses. Emmanuel Ote and Emmanuel Tremanting, uh, who despite facing the challenges of job loss during the banking sector shakeup, have emerged as shining examples of determination. From one losing his job as an accounting manager to the other facing the uncertainty of unemployment, their stories took unexpected turns. Well, there's more as uh, we delve into their inspiring journeys on today's edition of Stories of Hope. Hello. Yes, Quick Prince Africa. Mano here. And I listen to a lot of uh, entrepreneurs. In the heart of Accra, these two gentlemen have turned their passions into thriving businesses. Emmanuel Tai, 32, is helping a client find a rented apartment and his friend Emmanuel Tremanting now constructs aquariums for homes and offices. But it wasn't all rosy five years ago when these two were laid off their jobs. Sources close to the Bank of Ghana indicate that the bank was forced to take the action. To the government, it was a banking sector cleanup, but to employees, it was an unemployment crisis. Many employees went to bed and woke up the next day without a job. Tai was a victim of the restructuring and unexpectedly lost his position as an accounting manager at Beige Bank after five years. He said it was one of the lowest moments in his life. So first of all, I lost my livelihood. Um, I lost my, my lifestyle. You had a certain lifestyle. Imagine someone who was earning something little at the end of the month and then all of a sudden I have to be home and the, the idea of not having a job to go to itself became a bit depressing. Just about the same time, Chermanting experienced the same predicament and right from the breadwinner of his home, he started depending on his parents for handouts. I was a field sale officer. As we go out and we speak to prospects on loans, we give out loans. So mostly I was on the field. Okay, so. We can speak to the clients, okay, but taking back, once we give the loan, taking back is the problem, so I have to be laid off. He began working menial jobs just to survive. However, unknown to them, these two were about to embark on remarkable journeys that would change their lives. Tre had loved aquariums right from his science class in school, but never had paused for a second to design them. But after he lost his job, he decided to turn his dream into reality. Instead of brooding over his problems, he used this period to experiment. Shortly after, he landed his first contract. Googled in Ghana to see if I can see any aquarium shops. So I saw some few and then I paid them visit and I saw how they built it. So I went to the internet to learn more about it. So that is how come I started my aquarium. And in fact, the first order I had was very huge was very big. Tai tried many times to secure a job but failed. The COVID-19 pandemic threw a spanner in the works. He stumbled upon an opportunity when renting accommodation became daunting. He decided to turn his predicament into a business, got in touch with a close friend in Kenya and Rent Africa was born. Um, Finding an apartment became an uphill task. So agents would toss me up and down, and I was quite desperate. Eventually, I got, you know, swindled of about 3,000 cities, and I didn't have the money already. <laughs> so you can imagine. Yes. So I thought, okay, this is a problem. Um, like I told you, I've always been entrepreneurial. Okay. I thought, can I find a solution to this problem? Because I spoke to a couple of people, they have the same challenges. Can I find a solution and commercialize it? So that's what gave birth to Quick Rent. I wanted to build a platform that would help people to sit in the comfort of their home or office and then just plug in and get an apartment without going through agents and all the awahala. Hello. Yes, Quick Prince Africa. His business is just a little over two years old, but it is doing really well. He is optimistic his company will soon become a household name in Africa. The company is new. I've invested a lot of money already. I'm even out. Okay, there's more I need to do to grow my team. Okay. Like, for example, I need 120 brokers across the country. Okay. I only have a team of 16 right now, so you oh, can imagine. Yeah. The, the dream is I'm actually looking for an investor to help me to be able to expand my team to cover the entire country. Then 
the, our next stop is we are going to Nigeria. We already have a partner who have done the feasibility for us. Okay. Their, their economy is very large. Mm. And therefore, the problem that we are looking at here is quadruple that, that, that size in Nigeria. Chure's aquarium pieces are breathing life into dull spaces. He tells me he's fulfilled doing what he loves and grateful that he lost his job. Chure has big ambitions for the future. Maybe we've, we've crossed that break-even stage where I mean, now we are able to make a reasonable amount that I can say that uh, maybe in the next one to two years, maybe we'll be able to get a very large uh, showroom where we can let people I mean, come in also. Because seeing people, they don't even believe it. So the problem I even have is even when a customer happens to fall interest, making payment is the problem. Because I don't have a showroom. That's how come when you came here, they are signboard and things to show them that this is where I am. And then the problems we mostly face nowadays is, uh, is the trust. Let me put it that way, is the trust. But currently I can see that uh, there's hope. These two friends prove that setbacks are setups for bigger comebacks. They transformed job losses into opportunities and blazed into their passions, creating businesses that inspire us all. And that's Mami Sinya Meche Thompson with stories of hope no matter what you're going through. Make sure that you turn that adversity into triumph. And another series of our stories of hope will come your way same time next week. And that's how we wrap up today's edition of Newsnight. You're on Joy 99.7 FM on a number of affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions. We're on X Spaces, we're on Facebook and MyJoyOnline.com. I am MFA Apau and the Geek Squad. Up next. Okay, we'll be coming your way next week. But if you missed the Joy Forum, my key takeaway uh, was with the relationship and marriage coach, Catherine Onodwokit. And he wants schools, she wants schools um, to empower women with skills before they leave school so they will not be compelled to have an affair with men for their basic needs and jobs. You can catch the full Joy Forum, Christian Forum, on myjoyonline.com, also on all our social media platforms. Enjoy the rest of your evening and stay with Joy 99.7 FM.